thank you. You can be seated, and I invite you to open your Bible to the, the book of Acts. We're going to be looking in chapter 6 and 7 this morning at the story of, of, of Stephen. Last night, Monisa and I, with another couple in our church, went to the Lauren Daigle concert up in Charlotte, and I love her music. It's so positive, so encouraging, uh, and her, her lyrics are so rich, but it's also fun just to watch her because she's She's so exuberant. I mean, she smiles and she dances all over the stage and and she just has fun and she's a cut up and it's a blast. I mean, so you've got worship. And, and, and by the way, the encore, the encore was not a typical encore. It lasted about 10 minutes and probably was the most worshipful encore I've ever experienced in my life at any concert. Just just a powerful, beautiful moment. But but she just exuded this love and this this fun and this vivaciousness and this 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 love and and happiness. And truth is, all of us give off a vibe. I mean, all of us have you know facial expressions that communicate something to people. They look at us and they kind of know how we feel. Most of us don't do a good job hiding that stuff. Or if we try to hide it, it eventually comes out anyway. Monisa and I have been married 37 years and. And that's long enough now. We know each other really, really well. And and uh, if we're discussing what we're having for dinner, or do we, which movie do we want to see, or anything else, we don't really have to say a lot because as soon as one speaks, we know how the other one really feels. Just look at each other, and we can read each other's face, the tone of voice. And I know some of you've been married for a, a number of years, and you get that right. You understand that now. Uh, Grant and Eden, in a few years, you'll be at that place. It takes a little more than 13 months to quite get there. you got a little bit. But, I mean, that's the reason some couples never talk. They just know each other. No, I'm kidding. You need to keep talking. Don't, okay, keep talking. You, you need to keep talking. But, you know, these, these facial expressions, so I want you to look at, on the screen. I've got this little collage of facial expressions. Because, you know, the way our face looks says so much, whether we're afraid, we're excited, we're mad, or we're discouraged, whatever it is. And you, you also see that in the faces of people that, that we know. For all of you South Carolina basketball fans, I mean, I mean, he, he's just got that look when he's mad at his players. And, and, you know, we've had presidents who could, you know, they just, you know, there's Brother George Bush, you know, there's George President Bush and, 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 of course, I couldn't do this without putting President Trump and his faces up. I mean, and there's just no hiding it. And so on our smartphones, we have all these emojis. And, and sometimes rather than, you know, typing words on our text messages, we just throw an emoji, and that says it all, right? So here's my question. Okay, here's my question for you. When people look at you, what do they see? When people... Look at your face, your expression, your demeanor, your disposition, your vibe. What does it communicate? What does it say to people? Because I think that's 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 an important that's an important thing. Um, in our New Testament reading plan, the last couple of weeks we've been in the Book of Acts, and I was reading the story of Stephen in chapter six and seven. And there was one verse that really just jumped out at me, and it made me pause and think and pray, and I wrote about it in my journal, and, and I underlined the verse and highlighted it in yellow, and right beside the verse with my ink pen and big capital letters, I just wrote, wow, with an exclamation point. Wow. That verse just said something to me. 
and and it's in the story of Stephen. And you you'll remember Stephen was the was the the first Christian martyr. He was stoned to death by an angry mob because he was preaching Jesus. And the verses on the screen there from chapter seven in Acts are how he was responding. Now that's not the verses I'm going to preach on, but it gives you a sense of this man because as they were stoning Stephen, now look at this. They're stoning this man to death. He's the first martyr for the faith of Jesus Christ. He's being stoned to death, and he prays, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And then he died. Does that remind you of anybody? When Jesus was dying on the cross, the soldiers at the foot of the cross gambling over his clothing, and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And so here's this man, Stephen, first Christian martyr, and his story begins at the beginning of chapter 6. The church in Jerusalem's growing, and, and they're having uh, growth pains, you might say, and needing to distribute food to the widows, and there's a problem with it, and there's some frustration. And so the apostles say to the church, choose seven men who have very special qualifications, good men, men of God, and put them in charge of that task. Stephen was one of the seven they chose from that church of thousands because in one day, 3,000 people joined the church, and then as the days passed, more and more joined. And so out of that large congregation, Stephen was one of seven men. They said, he is so good, he's such a special guy, we want him to be one of those. And so that's who he was. And he's described in chapter 6. And so after that, he goes out in Jerusalem, and he's boldly preaching Jesus. He's talking to people about Jesus. And there's some in the crowd who don't like what he's saying. They don't like this message of Jesus, and they, they become angry, and they, 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 they drag him before the court. They want him sentenced to death, and this is just before he's stoned. And this is where you find it, right in the middle of the story, the verse that just grabbed me. At the end of chapter 6, it's the last verse in the chapter, verse 15. This angry mob is looking at Stephen. And it says in verse 15, and fixing their gaze on him, fixing their gaze on him, staring at him, all who were sitting in the council saw his face, notice this, his face like the face of an angel. His face was like the face of an angel. I don't know about you, but if I'm in the situation where there's an angry mob getting ready to stone me to death, People are lying about me, saying all kinds of crazy things about me, angry with me. I don't know if my face would look like the face of an angel. His did. I wish I always had the face of an angel. I think about, uh, you know, the glory of God. The face of an angel, I mean, you're reflecting the very glory of heaven. The face of an angel, I think about somebody who's got calmness and, and peace and tranquility in the midst of life's hard moments. When I think about a, the face of an angel, I, I picture a face that, j, that just exudes love, just love. And so as life happens to me and life happens to you, what do we reflect? What does our face look like, our demeanor, the vibe, our disposition, the way we respond, act, treat people, talk to people? 
What does it, what does it show people? What does it say? I wish, I wish I always exhibited the face of an angel. And, and I, don't, you, don't you imagine that our families would be so much better if we all did that? Our churches would be better. Our community would be better. This, this nation would be better if we exhibited those kind of faces rather than some of the ones we saw on the screen a few moments ago. Wouldn't it make life better? Stephen did that. I do it sometimes. I imagine you do it sometimes. But I'd like to do it more often. And I think you would like to have that kind of demeanor, that kind of vibe about you more often, right? Uh, expressing the love of God, the glory of God, the peace of God, confidence in God. You, you remember that Jesus talked a lot about what's inside of us being important because what is inside of us comes out. It shapes the outside of us. In Mark's gospel, he's, he said it this way in Mark chapter 7. Look at that. Jesus was saying that which proceeds out of, comes out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting, wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things proceed, come from within. Jesus is saying that what, what you have on the inside is critically important because no matter how much you try to fake it and pretend, sooner or later what is in here is coming out. And if you want, now here's the thing, if you want good stuff on the outside in your behavior and conversations and in your life, if you want to exhibit the glory of God and the love of God and the peace of God, that's what you want to show, then you need to be very intentional and diligent about cultivating certain qualities on the inside. Because if we have them on the inside, they will show up on the outside. But if we don't have them on the inside, <laughs> something different is going to be on the outside. And I think that's Stephen. See, I think the reason he had the face of an angel when they were getting ready to stone him to death is because of who he was on the inside as a follower of Jesus. And so over the next uh, seven minutes, I'm going to give you seven characteristics of Stephen on the inside that allowed him to have the face of an angel. The first one is that he was willing to serve. In chapter 5 there in verse 3, when they were needing people to distribute the food and they chose Stephen and six others, they were given the task. He was willing to to work. He was willing to serve food to widows. And there's something about a man or a woman or a teenager or a child that has a heart that says, I care, that has a heart that says, I want to help others, has a heart that says, I'm willing to serve. It says something about who you are. And if you're not willing to serve, you're not willing to do anything to help, that also says something. And sooner or later, that's going to surface on the outside. I'm really looking forward to our volleys tonight, our appreciation banquet for all of our volunteers. About 340 of you have made reservations. We're going to knock down all the, help me, I'm telling you now, at the end of the service, we're stacking all the chairs six high. We're going to set up tables and have a great meal and fun in here tonight. We're going to honor and say thank you to every person who comes that, that volunteers in any and serves in any of our ministries in this, in this church and in this community. And uh, we're going to give away some awards to uh, dozens of volunteers in 10 different categories. It's going to be a blast, and I'm looking forward to it because there's just something about somebody who's willing 
to serve. And Stephen had that. And if you want to have a disposition that looks like the face of an angel, that's one of the things you need to cultivate in your life is a, a heart that's willing to serve. Number two, a good reputation. Notice they say, the apostles told the church, when you find these seven men, here's what they need to be. Men of good reputation in verse 3 of chapter, chapter 6. Men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom. A good reputation. Now, how do you get a good reputation? You have to be good to people. You have to treat people right. You have to talk to people and talk about people the right way. You have to be dependable. You have to be somebody who keeps your word. And in the church world, in, in our lives as disciples, it means that we have to be the real deal. Authentic, sincere, maybe not perfect, but the real deal. Growing in Jesus and people know we love him. And when you do that, you have a good reputation. I mean, here's Stephen, out of these thousands of church members, they said that man's reputation is good. He's willing to serve. He has a good heart. We choose him to be one of those seven. And that speaks to who he was on the inside. So the truth is, our reputation is shaped by what we do, how we treat people. And then how we treat people, what we do is shaped by who we are on the inside. And so you need to be cultivating your inner spirit, your inner heart, your inner soul, so that your life will reflect Jesus and people will think well of you. Number three, he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit. That means he lived a surrendered life. He was obedient to the will of Jesus Christ. He confessed his sin. Why do I say that? Because the only way you can be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to confess sin when God brings it to your mind, to walk in obedience to Jesus. It's just like Chris was sharing and, and, and Grant was sharing in their, in their story. God spoke and said, I want you to be in ministry. And they said, yes. When God speaks, you be obedient. Disobedience, disobedience weakens us spiritually. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Obey Him. And so the fact that Stephen was filled with the Spirit, it speaks to his heart and his attitude toward Jesus Christ. Number four, he was full of wisdom in verse three. Full of wisdom. The Bible tells us that fear of God, reverence for God is the beginning of wisdom. We know that we gain the wisdom of heaven by reading the word of heaven, that, that we know the thoughts of God and have the wisdom of God by putting in us the word of God. You are never going to have the wisdom of God if you don't consistently and regularly feed upon the word of God. That's why the D group ministry is so important. That's the reason this New Testament reading plan, asking you this year to read the New Testament with us five chapters a week and then journal about it and take notes during the sermons as we study the Word of God so that we can be spiritually strong and have the wisdom of God. We all need that. And when you get that on the inside, then as life happens, you know the thoughts of God. You, you know the heart of God. You have the wisdom of God. Jesus in the in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, when you, you go without a meal and your belly growls a little bit, Jesus said, I want you to hunger. I want you to, I want you to feed yourself. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And when you feast on the Word of God, it changes your disposition. You don't have, Any of you get grouchy when you get hungry? Yeah. My wife is the sweetest person in the world. She really is. She's sweet, sweet, beautiful, sweet, gracious, kind. She makes me look evil. She's so good. I mean, she's just good, except when she's hungry. When she, she, If she's hungry, Katie bar the door, the dinner's got to be done. 
okay? And I think spiritually, when we go without the Word of God, the wisdom of God, it shows up. We get, if it's not grouchy, it comes out in how, in our demeanor and our vibe and people know it. But when you stay in the Word of God, that's going to shape how you look and how people see you. You want to have the face of an angel? Then, then feed on the Word of God every day. Number five, he was full of faith down in verse five, full of faith. He trusted Jesus. He trusted Jesus. He trusted Jesus. You can't have the face of an angel when life is hard if you've not developed the ability to trust Jesus. And if you're going to trust Jesus, then that means you've got to walk close with him and feed on his word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he's full of faith. He was also, number six, he was full of grace in verse eight, full of grace in chapter six, verse eight, full of grace and power. Grace, I think about, you know, love, kindness, gentleness, compassion. In our D groups, we're memorizing the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 and 6, and in in chapter 5 in the Beatitudes, which is the first part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, blessed are the gentle, blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. He said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. He said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God filled with the grace of God the goodness of God the kind, you, 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 you need to work on allowing the, the love of Jesus Christ to so shape you and fill you and control you that you exhibit his grace and his love and his gentleness and his kindness you have the face of an angel it's hard to look like an angel when you're mad all the time it's hard to look like an angel when there's no peace and no kindness and no mercy and no compassion and I'll be honest, it's hard to stay in the Word of God, and it's hard to stay close to Jesus. I, I, I'm going to rephrase that. I'm going to say you cannot stay close to Jesus and stay in the Word of God and walk with God without learning how to have more grace and gentleness and kindness and mercy in your life. And then number seven, last one, he's full of power, which is, I think, the culmination of all of these others. Because it gives you strength. And did you notice in all these verses how many times it talks about Peter being, or Stephen rather being full of? Full of wisdom, full of grace, full of faith, full of power, full of the Holy Spirit. And on and on we could go. What are you putting inside yourself? What are you intentionally feeding into your heart and mind and soul because what you feed yourself, what you put inside yourself determines what comes out. And again, that's why we're, we're, we're encouraging you with every fiber of our being, get in the Word of God this year and read the New Testament and journal, take notes in the worship service and in Sunday school, get in a small group, be part of ministry and serve somewhere, feed yourself, listen to worship music, be at church. Don't just show up once a month. Be here every Sunday. You're able to get out of bed. Be here and feed your soul because, listen, this world and Satan is doing everything they can to put junk in you because they want junk to come out of you. And if you want the face of an angel, you want the grace of God, you want the good things of God to come out of you and bless others and bless your family and bless this world and bless your life, then put the good stuff in you and be intentional about it and be consistent at doing it. 
then you'll you'll be like Miss Jean. Miss Jean was my secretary in Sumter when I was pastoring there back in the early and mid eighties. Love that lady. She was in her seventies. Sweet as she could be. Kind. I never heard Miss Jean say a bad word about anybody, even though there were times she could have. She's just gentle and she she'd look at me, she'd say, Preacher. She had that southern draw, preacher. Preacher. I can still hear her in my head all those years ago. Preacher. Taught Monisa how to make that really good chocolate roll. And so now our kids have to have that every year at Christmas, that big old chocolate log, chocolate roll thing. Really good. She was a blessing to us. And uh, her family owned a place on Lake Santee, about 45 minutes from the church. And for years, her family would go there on the weekends. Miss Jean, I'm talking about a woman, and she, she did this for decades in her 50s or 60s and into her 70s. She never retired from serving Jesus. And in her 70s, she would still get in her car on Sunday morning while her husband, who wouldn't come to church, would stay at the lake. She'd get in her car on Sunday morning, and she'd drive 45 minutes back to that church, and she would teach that five-year-old Sunday school class every week. A few years ago, I was in Sumter, and I went by her house to see her. Her grandson's in ministry. Not really a surprise, is it? And she was just as sweet. She, she, was, she was way up in her 80s at that time. And she was just as sweet as she could be. And she still called me preacher. So I think God has a special place in heaven for people like that. She's going to be a lot closer to the throne than I am. I believe that. Her, her, her bedroom's going to look a little nicer than mine because she had the face of an angel. She had developed those qualities. And she exuded them. It was all over her. What do you show people when they look into your eyes? What do you want to show? Are you willing to be intentional about developing these inner qualities that, that show up on our face and in our life and in our relationships? Are you willing to invest in the Word of God? Are you willing to invest in relationships? Are you willing to invest in weekly worship attendance? And Are, are you willing to, to, to say, I'm going to do more than just kind of show up and watch and listen and observe? Are you willing to invest in yourself, to feed yourself? growing disciples, making disciples over there. We, we want you to be able to feed yourself because you have to be able to feed yourself on Monday morning to have the face of an angel. One dose of listening to me a week won't cut it. Are you willing, are you willing to develop these inner qualities so you can exhibit the glory of heaven, the glory of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the peace of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the face of the face, dare I say it, the face of Jesus. So I'm asking you to come and 
kneel here at the altar on this kneely bench and just talk to your Lord and your Savior and pour your heart out to Him and, and let Him know what you want and what you're willing to do. If you need to confess a sin, confess it. If you haven't been reading the New Testament, grab one of the journals on the table in the back and take it home with you and start reading with where we are uh, this week, this coming week. And uh, Brother Steve and I are going to be here. And if you want to join First Baptist, you can come to us and say, hey, this is the church I want to be a part of because I want to be in a place that's going to encourage and challenge and equip me to grow and to serve. And if you've never committed your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you to do that right now because you know what Jesus does? He makes all things new. Old things pass away. You become a new person, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And you can start your journey today with Him. Knowing that you're forgiven, knowing that you're saved, knowing that you belong to Him and you're going to heaven when you die and exhibiting the glory of God. So let's stand and Steve and I are standing here. Decision counselors are ready to answer your questions and pray with you. Come and get on your knees and talk to the Lord right now.